In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. Good morning, Cleveland. It's game day, but hang on a minute. We're a Cleveland Browns podcast, so we're going to keep it focused on Cleveland. But in London, it's game day. It's the Chicago Bears versus the Raiders. And I'm here with my co-host, Jack. Jack, how are you, buddy? I'm good. Um, It's weird today because the NFL have put together probably one of the worst schedules I've ever seen in my life. The fact that there's only two late games just means red zone is not going to be as fun as it should be, especially on a a day when the Browns aren't playing. But um, so be it. Got a few different wages on a few different games. So uh, it's going to be exciting. Um, Just keep an eye on that. Okay, Jack. So I've got a helpline for you. It's called Gamblers Anonymous. (laughs) Uh, You can give them a call. I feel like you're doing less on the podcast and more gambling. So uh, I'm a bit worried. I'm making a profit and that's all that counts. It'll help pay for the flights to Dallas next year. Oh, direct flights of BA to Dallas. I can't wait. And uh, Jack, what were we up to yesterday? So I went to watch some uh, football, or as you call it over there, soccer. Um, my local non-league team. So that's the seventh tier. I want to say seventh tier of English football. So it was about 600 people there. We, we won an away victory. So uh, playoffs are back in the hunt. But uh, we haven't been playing particularly well lately. So, uh, fantastic day out. What about you? Um, big, big uh, meet-up, NFL meet-up yesterday. At the, the Browns pub was full of Raiders fans, the Admiral Alty, whatever it's called. In 2017, all the uh, Browns fans, Jim Brown was there, uh, Dixon was there, Cribs was there, queues outside the pub. There was no queues yesterday for the Raiders. Yeah, it was a great, great night that the British Brown backers put on. And yeah, yesterday was the Raiders equivalent. And there was full of Raiders legends. Please don't ask me their names, Jack. <laughs> well, the refs queuing to get in there after that absolutely horrendous call last year. Well, I didn't see any refs, mate, to be honest. But I did meet the Raiders cheerleaders. And I won't be talking about the cheerleaders on the podcast because... I wouldn't say negativity was the quite word I got on Twitter, but it was a clear no when I asked, do you think the Browns should have cheerleaders? Hey, if you don't ask, you don't get. So it's always worth throwing the question out there. Yeah, I met um, Super Bowl winning legend um, George Atkinson, I think he's called, Raiders. I asked him what his view was on the Browns. He didn't really have a lot to say, to be honest. But Ian Wright, 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 who's often on the show, one of our co-hosts, did say his son played for the Browns a couple of years ago. Ooh. So if I knew that before, I would have uh, asked him. You, you saw me, I met Trent Brown, the heaviest NFL player. Uh, and he is absolute giant. Mate, so, it's going to be like Greg Williams II. He's so nice, mate. He was just... So nice. We had a bit of a laugh, a bit of jokes. 
these NFL guys, they're so nice. What was the question you asked him? Because I think it's worth knowing. Oh, it's an exclusive. You don't get this on any other podcast. I asked a question to him, and I observed his body language. Did the Cleveland Browns try and approach you in the summer? And he said to me, very honestly, Cleveland Browns had no uh, approach for him. So it's interesting to know because there was questions there. Obviously, it's a lot of money, so I was, I was wary of it. But um, it, it, it was people saying, why not go for him? So uh, no, it's an interesting one that we made no approach. Good research. Yeah, good. You know, like insider podcast. I was trying to think if there's any other insider news I've got this weekend. Probably not, to be honest, Jack. So anyway, we're a Browns podcast. No, actually, I'm going to tell you a little bit more about London. Today, um, Raiders versus the Bears at Spurs. It's the first ever game at Spurs. And if you didn't know, the stadium, uh, the floor is grass during the week. And then on game day on NFL, a new layer comes above it. And then they play NFL on top of the soccer. Jack's telling me it's the opposite way around. It's the other way around. So the, the actual purpose-built pitch into Spurs' stadium is the NFL pitch. They slide on the grass for football. So you could argue that it's actually an NFL stadium and not a football stadium. And that really winds up Spurs fans. And the funny thing was, during the week this week, there was Bayern Munich football team that came over and scored seven goals against Spurs. And they tweeted a really funny um, thing out of their account of saying, we've scored the first touchdown at the, uh, the Spurs stadium or whatever they called it. And it was cracking. Really funny tweet because to score seven goals in football is obviously a massive um, whipping. And um, the fact that it happened to Spurs just made it all so sweeter. Yeah, mate. Um, yeah, really good. And I, and I love corporate accounts when they start having banter with each other. I think it's great. Yeah, it, it's certainly good fun. And uh, yeah, got a lot of retweets around America. Um, I was trying to think of a, a funny stat. Like Spurs have conceded... 15 points over the last three games. Uh, is the defence going to be better today or something? I don't know, but I reckon uh, um, there's a chance that Bayern Munich score more points than maybe the Bears today. Well, I have bet the under. I've, I'm, I'm under 41.5 points in total. I don't think it's going to be a high-scoring game, so... I would encourage you not to get your hopes too much up if you're watching it, but there's about 10 games going on all at the same time in the 6 o'clock or 1 o'clock Eastern time kickoffs. So um, there's going to be plenty to watch. I wouldn't be tuning in for that one. I don't think it's going to be a thriller. And as we're one of the first podcasts live on a Sunday, the weather is wet in London. Let me just open the window. Yes. Bit quite light, bit of sun coming through, but it's definitely very wet out there. So next up is the injury report. Oh yeah, come um, on. That's enough. That's enough of this London games, NFL. We're a Browns podcast. Let's stay focused on the Cleveland Browns. So the first news is Willie Harvey, the shoulder injury has gone to injury reserve. So um he's out and very unlikely he'll come back purely because you're only allowed two players you can bring back after eight weeks. So it's not likely to be him. So he's one that he can recover, get back to full condition, and then get back ready for training camp next year. Um, I th 
think he could definitely have a shout for sort of that special teams linebacker role. So uh, keep an eye out for Willie Harvey. The out, there's only one out this week officially, is Kendall Lamb, who still isn't practicing with his knee injury. So he's officially out. Then we've got six questionables. Start with the two cornerbacks, Ward and Greedy Williams, both the hamstring injuries. Neither practiced all week. It's not looking like they'll play at all. Um, so don't really expect them. There's rumours they might play against the Seahawks. I might activate the best one as sort of depth for the Seahawks game, but it wouldn't bother me if we just sit them, let them recover this week, next week, the bye, and then play against New England. Um, so. For me, I'm happy to rest them. Cornerback is the deepest, and we spoke about this in the offseason, the deepest position on our roster. Um, so let's take the benefit of it. There's no point rushing either back and they get a proper longer injury. And then we've got four players who were limited, limited, and then full practice yesterday. They're Morgan Burnett, safety, wide receiver, Richard Higgins, O-lineman, Chris Hubbard, and safety, Sheldrick Redwine. Um, I'm expecting Hubbard to start. Um, it looks like Higgins is going to play because of a tweet, I believe, yesterday or the day before, the little uh, emoji. So uh, I think Higgins is going to get some. And that could be interesting. We might see some snaps. Um, Jeff Lloyd was on about it in um, 10 personnel. So one running back on four wide receivers. You can imagine uh, Callaway on one outside. Um, OBJ on the other and then Landry and Higgins on the inside that's going to be a lot of safe there um, but uh, let's see what happens with that uh, Morgan Burnett might play we'll see what happens with that Sheldrick Redwine even if he's fit I don't really want him to play so um, he's one that Come on, Jack, future, don't be like that mate he, he, he needs a red shirt year um, and it's not like he is a young rookie um, he needs sort of a year where He's just inactive every week. And then year two, year three, he might really come through. He was very raw talent coming out. And that's perfectly fine. You can draft players that, especially when you've got such a deep roster like we do in several position rooms, that can just develop. And he, he needs a season just to learn the league, get up with it. And then, uh, yeah, I, I, th I think he could have a, a really promising play next season. But yeah, you, you don't want your sort of, young rookies playing this early, especially in a position where he needs time. Mm. I'm really excited to get Callaway and Higgins back. Jack, we talked about it earlier in the week. Has anyone been cut? Um, I don't remember seeing it. I don't know if the Willie Harvey to IR is the balance for Callaway. Um, I couldn't. No, I don't think, I don't think so. Um, um, what was he called? Taiwan Taylor? Yeah, I, I haven't seen any news that he's been cut. But that doesn't mean he hasn't been. Um, no, I think it's just the Willie Harvey to IR is the move. Um, someone might correct me at some point, but yeah, I'm, I'm not, I haven't seen any. Um, yeah, okay. Okay, news. we'll move on. We'll move on. That's cool. But uh, the next one is just to flick over to the um, 49ers and look at the injuries. And there is some uh, big ones. Got Joe Staley's out injured. 
I believe it's a sixth round um, rookie that Garrett is potentially going to be up against, which should mean feeding season. Um, so what they might do is they might put that tight end in sort of George Kittle to block him more like we saw from the Titans. So they might end up taking Garrett out of the game for most snaps. But if that means their um, tackle and George Kittle is out to balance that out, then that's a phenomenal performance by Miles Garrett. Because if he can take George Kittle out of the game, that's their best receiver. It's their best weapon. And um, he had a fantastic year last year. Um, you got Ankelo Witherspoon, who's a cornerback um, for the uh, 49ers that's out as well. Um, he's actually started in both the games this season, just putting up his stats. Um, and he got an interception for a 25-yard touchdown. So, um, yeah, he's defended five passes, one interception. So, I don't know that much about him, but it looks like it's a uh, a miss nonetheless for them. So, keep an eye on that. Let's just pull up the older PFF rating and see how he's been playing. But you've got to remember, it's not been against the best of opposition. I'll talk about that in a second. While you're pulling up the information, that brings me nicely onto my London NFL meetup today. We are meeting at a Weatherspoons in Baker Mayfield Street for you uh, Americans, or as we say in London, the Baker Tube or the Mayfield Tube, or if you're just normal, it's Baker Street. And we're meeting at 11 o'clock and then we're going to go 2 o'clock to Liverpool Street, get the train up to uh, Spurs, and then we're going to the Bricklayers. Anyway, Jack, please carry on. So he's got a PFF grade of 77.5, which is uh, very good. Um, so, no, it's, that's going to be a miss. And then there's two players that are questionable. One's Tevin Coleman. The, at the end of the day, Matt Breeder, for me, is their best running back. So should have picked him up in fantasy football. Um, and then D Ford is the other one that's questionable. Um, he only practiced on Saturday with a uh, quadricept. So quad, I guess. Um, so D Ford potentially going to be not playing as much which is a big advantage for us um because yeah he's, he's a, a very good pass rusher then if if we look to they're unbeaten and lots of people have made noises about it if we look at who they've played they played the buccaneers the bengals and the steelers so what would be my um review on it it'd be like playing hang on a minute mate the buccaneers are quite a good team mate they're so inconsistent. It's one week they're good. One week they could get beaten by a high school team. They are that all over the place. They beat the Rams, mate. Yeah, they beat the Rams, but then they looked woeful in their other games. So it's been one where they have been too all over the place. They lost to the Giants. Yeah, that was a little mistake from them. But uh, the Panthers... They didn't convincingly beat the Panthers. It was only 14-20. Adam's probably going to not be happy that I'm throwing them under the bus, but um, so be it. I'd, the Buccaneers, just they're not reliable. They're going to have weeks where they're phenomenal, and they're just going to have weeks where they're not good. So the fact that the 49ers beat them 31-17 isn't some sort of miracle performance. Uh, they beat the Bengals 41-17. The Bengals, the Redskins, the Dolphins. Does anyone care about the score they racked up against them? Lamar Jackson destroyed the Dolphins, but then didn't look good against the Chiefs or the Browns. So take that with a pinch of salt. The Steelers, 
not a really good team without Big Ben there and obviously lost their O-line coach. So two massive losses. Um, so they only just beat the Steelers. Um, for me, I'm happy I got uh, Browns plus three. I think we're looking great on the spread. What are you going to go with, mate, on the score then? I'm going to go with two-point win. I'm going to say, I'm, I've, I've gone for it to be higher scoring. So I'm going to say 30-32 to the Browns. Um, I've, I, yeah, I reckon we're going to rack up some points in this game. I think it's going to be a, an offensive game. And uh, I'm all there for that. Anything to keep me up until half four in the morning. Yeah, you've got to understand that, listeners in America, we're going to be up watching it at 1.30 on a Monday. My strategy is to come home, go sleep at eight o'clock, then wake up about midnight. Yeah, sometimes I just can't sleep when I get home and that's my issue. So uh, I end up staying up and then, yeah, next day pays for it. I'm going to go with Jack. And this may surprise you a little bit. 2021. No. Oh! 28-20 Browns win. Oh, love that. And I must admit, last week I was so wrong. So, um, yeah, 28-20, I think. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's definitely going to be, should be an exciting game. Um, I've got the over. Um, where are we? Over 47.5 points. So, I, I, I reckon there's going to be over 50 points scored. Um, so, no, watch out for some bombs. Um, it's going to be exciting. Let's uh, rank up the points and uh, make me a happy man. Yeah, last thing I want to ask, Jack, is what's your views on uh, OBJ this week? You know, he's been very humble. He's come out saying it's a team sport. He's done his bit. Do you think he's bigging himself up? Do you think he's genuine? Yeah, what's your view on that, mate? Yeah, I, th- I think he's fully genuine, Um after the game because he's had more time to sort of think on it. I think during the game there was frustration and I'm not one to stand here and defend some of the Cleveland Browns beat writers. Um, some of them block me on Twitter. Some of them just don't like me. Um, and quite frankly, lots of the fans don't like what they write. But when they came out after the game and said OBJ was frustrated, I think that was true. Um, and at the end of the day, it's a very stressful emotional time playing a game of NFL that's what the adrenaline and everything's going to do to you so yeah I think during the game he was frustrated and that probably what drew sort of the uh, arguing with other players and sort of the fight with Humphreys which resulted in um, them both getting the same fine and I think Tretter then was the third player that got the same fine something like 14 grand Um, but no after the game he's able to think about it and go actually doesn't really matter that I didn't get much of the ball. We won and I played a massive role in the team. So I think both can be right. I think in the moment, emotions just get hold of you. And then after the game, he's able to sit there and think. And that's a really good thing to see. So I think the hate that was thrown at the beat writers for saying he was frustrated isn't true. I think he was frustrated. And then he's grown up enough to go and do an interview afterwards and go, actually, it doesn't matter. So it can be the best of both worlds. And if a player doesn't get any of the ball and then walks off happy, then yeah, you you have to ask what's wrong with them, what they're striving for. So for me, it doesn't bother me at all, but I think both sides were right, frustrated during the game, but when able to reflect on it after the game, perfectly happy. Hmm. Yeah. 
mate, I'm I'm a massive fan of OBJ, and uh, I really get this chess style of play. That if he's giving everyone else uh, more space, more room, that's awesome. So uh, I'm all for it. But I've got a question for our fans: Why did Odell Beckham Jr. stand up with a purple Spurs shirt with 82 on the back? Can anyone tell me why 82? I'm sure it's not his age or the year he was born. Jack, any interest? Any any idea why? No, I'm trying to think why 82. So, yeah. But, yeah, guys, it's a competition. If you know, I am willing to put three Jaeger bombs up for an answer, which I believe is correct. Yeah, no, it's, it's certainly one um, worth finding out about. Um, the one other thing on OBJ, I'd say it was a big change for Baker Mayfield. So in the first few weeks, he's trying to force the ball to OBJ, even if he was sort of covered really well. Um, and he went back to old Baker Mayfield. And old Baker Mayfield last year didn't care if it was the janitor or his star player. If he was open, he'd throw the ball at them. And that was a big shift. And I don't know whether that's come from Baker, whether that's come from the coaching staff, a mixture. But that's when we start to see Baker thriving because whoever's open, if it's two seconds into the play, throw it at them. Um, and that's got a really positive step. And if he keeps that way, we'll get back to the Baker we saw last season. So um, it's good that he's not forcing it. And if the Ravens want to double cover a player or any defense want to double cover a player, that means someone else is likely to be wide open. So you just got to find who that player is and launch the ball at them. So it's a really positive switch from Baker. And hopefully it's one that's here to stay. Excellent. All right, Jack, Jack, where can people find your details? Uh, I'm on Twitter. It's at Jack Duffin. So J-A-C-K-D-U-F-F-I-N. Um, always happy to answer your salary cap questions, anything like that. Roster management. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I should be able to answer it. And if I can't answer it, I'll point you in the direction of someone that can. Yeah, you all know my details. I've got some great podcasts on the line. Hopefully going to be meeting up with Mark Sessler on Tuesday night in London. That'd be quite cool. We've got, Larry, the Browns fan, who I think he should get the Browns fan of the year award. He's going to every home and away game in um, the Browns uh, tailgate, muni lot, dog-fronted bus. So I'm really looking forward to that one. And um, we've got Brendan Liza booked in next week. So yeah, it's a, a real good week of podcasts. Yeah, my cap show... We haven't discussed when it's going to be. It'll probably be Thursday or something, just for obviously the game on the Tuesday night. I won't be dropping it Wednesday this week because that'll probably be a post-game show with Paul. So um, just bear bear with us. When uh, you get a Monday night game, everything goes out the window. So uh, yeah, we'll schedule it around and we'll sort something out. Excellent. All right, Jack. Go Browns. Oh, last question. What room are you doing next week? What room? Cap. Oh, it's... What, why uh, have I done wide receivers? I've done wide receivers. Yes, mate, mate, I learned something from that one. Uh, we're spending five million more than any other NFL team. Yeah, it's an uh, expensive old room. Um, offensive tackles will be the next one. I'm going to split that O-line and I'm going to do tackles and then I'm going to do interior O-line next week. Um, so that's the plan. If I run out of content, then I might just whack them all in one. But uh, keep an eye. If, if I can talk, then I'll talk on offensive tackles. And I'll really discuss the options because I think that's going to be our biggest movers and shakers this offseason. Oh, excellent. Have a great day, Jack. Speak to you uh, very soon. Yep. Have a good one, buddy. Go Browns. Have a good one.